I'm Ray Suarez, and you're listening to America Abroad, Election 2012, Voters and Foreign Policy. I'm here with a panel of experts to discuss American perspectives on foreign policy as the race for 2012 gets underway. In a moment, we'll turn to our roundtable for further discussion. But first, with Democratic voters and their take on President Obama's foreign policy three years into his first term, here's John Pemble of Iowa Public Radio. On a windy fall afternoon, I'm on the lawn of the state capitol in downtown Des Moines, just off Grand Avenue, a street that has seen many a presidential candidate give speeches over the years. Just six blocks from here, President Obama's Iowa re-election campaign headquarters just opened, and already some Iowans are affirming their support for the president based on his foreign policy, including one who grew up as a Republican. I've made my choice, and I, I have no inclination to vote on the Republican side. Um, I'll be voting for Obama. When Charles Montgomery was old enough to vote in 1972, he voted to re-elect President Richard Nixon. Montgomery says he grew up in a strong Republican household, but after the Watergate scandal leading to President Nixon's resignation, he has only voted for Democrats in presidential elections. I feel like Obama has taken a very different approach, and Libya is a good example. He didn't feel the need to maintain the image of the United States out front, always leading Montgomery says he believes this year's military intervention by the United States in Libya is very different from the 2003 intervention in Iraq under President George W. Bush. Montgomery says he didn't support the Iraq war. Neither did Laura Faraci. I don't support staying there in Iraq. And I think the, the, the general Democratic base is pretty fed up with this war thing. And a lot of people on the other side, too, the Republicans, I think, are pretty fed up with it. It's costing us a lot of money. We've done the same thing over and over again. It's not working. So maybe it's try, time to try something new. Faraci will vote to reelect the president because she says she doesn't think any of the Republican candidates will do any better. What other choices do I have? That's kind of, I mean, you know, that's kind of how I feel. What choice do I have? I'm not going to vote for a Republican. I think most of them are pretty like drill, baby, drill and war, war, war. David Skidmore is a professor of politics and international relations at Drake University in Des Moines. Skidmore says it's not surprising to find opposition to war from Iowa voters because historically there have been strong peace movements arising in the Midwest. Also, Iowa is not among those states that benefit a great deal from military spending. In fact, we send tax dollars out to support the military uh, budget, but we don't get very many back in, unlike some some, uh, parts of the country. And then, of course, there's just the fatigue. The Afghan war has gone on for a decade now. Iraq is uh, somewhat the same way. While the war in Iraq is a strong issue, so is immigration. In Des Moines, Betty Bolar is attending a breakfast panel titled Smart Immigration Reform. Bolar lives in Marshalltown, a town 65 miles away, and has a population of less than 30,000. In the last decade, there has been an influx of Mexican immigrants moving to Marshalltown. Bolar has been paying close attention to President Obama's support of the DREAM Act, the bill designed to grant a path to citizenship for children of illegal immigrants. I think the things that he has said about immigration reform are appealing to me. 
Um, he wasn't able to do as many of those things as I wish we could have accomplished, although he did take some bold um, steps in just recently in saying stop the deportations um, the way they've been going and let's look at each case. Um, that was very, very encouraging to me. Bolar says she will vote for the president in 2012. So will her friend Karen Lisher, who was also from Marshalltown, attending the immigration reform breakfast. Lisher is supporting the president because she says he needs more time in office to reform the country's immigration policies. He also needs a Congress that is um, more willing to listen to immigration reform and take bold steps and make it uh, easier, make the path to immigration um, easier for the people who come here and want to stay. David Skidmore, Drake University's professor of politics and international relations, says while the president's support of the DREAM Act helped win the votes of people like Lisher and Bolar, the president hasn't put enough political capital into getting legislation like this passed. He'll talk about it because he wants to remind those of his supporters who want to see immigration reform that he's on their side. But the political environment right now is is simply impossible from the perspective of getting something through Congress. While America's foreign policy with the Middle East and immigration are important topics to the president's supporters in Iowa, Skidmore says domestic issues will probably be the center of a voter's focus, whether they choose to re-elect the president or vote a new person in office. But Skidmore says as nations like China and India become stronger, the perception of the United States in decline makes voters pay more attention to global economics. And so I think there's a sense on uh, the United States part, and I think this will become more pronounced as we get closer to the election, that uh, they want to hear what politicians are going to tell them about how the United States can sort of deal with our domestic problems, yes, but also in ways that strengthen us globally as well. Skidmore says that here in Iowa, Americans are generally more supportive of positive and multilateral engagements abroad because they understand many problems cross national borders and require some kind of response with collaborative countries. For America Abroad, I'm John Pemble in Des Moines, Iowa. Susan Glasser, is immigration a foreign policy issue or a domestic policy issue that involves foreigners? Uh, yes to both, I think, uh, in some ways. It, it has aspects of of both, really, as it plays out. And, and I think the conversation is probably different in uh, a Republican primary context uh, than it's going to be in the general election conversation with President Obama. And, you know, I think the voters you just talked to suggested some of the reasons why. Jennifer, um, we heard John Bolton at the beginning of the last segment telling the people at that forum that we were getting out of Afghanistan too quickly. But now President Obama has to explain to these Democrats in Iowa why, in their view, he's not getting out quickly enough. Well, uh, he does have his hands full, doesn't he? Um, and I think for those uh, voters who, as this woman said, uh, think this, quote, war thing, end quote, uh, is a big distraction. Uh, President Obama is trying his best to satisfy those people by setting, as uh, Ambassador Bolton uh, put it, a um, timeline that, my gosh, um, puts uh, the big withdrawal date just before the election for no real uh, strategic reason. Uh, I think it also uh, is worth noting that 
just as uh, some of your guests perceived a change in the tenor on foreign policy, there's actually a, a bit of a change in the tenor on immigration within the Republican Party. Um, and I would note that much of the really red meat, hot rhetoric that we saw in 2008 when you had someone like a Tom Tancredo running, and even a Mitt Romney of 2008, is fundamentally different now. Um, you will hear every single one of these candidates talk about uh, their support for legal immigration, talking about the immigrant experience. You do have a candidate who is trying to uh, walk a fine line, uh, Rick Perry, in terms of uh, his more moderate stance. But I think Republicans are very, very much aware that the Hispanic vote is in play uh, in uh, 2012. And secondly, they are trying to cultivate, I think, an image that these are responsible internationalists. And although it may play in certain sectors in Iowa and certain sectors of the Republican Party, people like Mitt Romney are not by their nature pull-up-the-drawbridge kind of folks. Uh, uh, these are people who made their livelihood in international business circles and who understand that we do live in an integrated global economy. So it's beginning to change at least the tone of the debate. You're not going to hear too many Republicans other than Rick Perry come out against the wall, as the phrase goes. And you're not going to hear too many Republicans defend in-state tuition rates for uh, children of illegal immigrants. But I do think you have a tone change. And I do think there is a cognizant that they need to remove the impression that they are opposed to immigrants per se or that they don't like Hispanic people, which frankly was uh, a lot of the sentiment after the uh, 2008 election. Carol Darty, is the Latino vote in as much play as Jennifer Rubin makes it sound like? Well, it's down. Their their support for Obama is down among it, but it's down among many groups as we've seen. It's down among Jews, down among uh, even the strong support is down among African Americans of all groups. Although the overall support hasn't moved a lot, so it's down a bit. But I think some of this is is a little early to say how it'll play out, simply because you don't have an opponent yet. And a Romney who has been attacking Perry on, on his immigration stance will be a different candidate. I mean, in-state tuition uh, for, for uh, the children of illegals is a very popular issue among Hispanics, and it'll be a question as to how the Republican nominee comes down on that. Susan, one of our Iowa voters, said, well, where else am I going to go? It didn't sound like she was going to uh, run to the polls with an Obama button on, but she was going to vote to reelect the president. Are we going to see a lot of that? You know, I think that's a very important point in this conversation about policy issues, because in the end, uh, although they may signify values, as, as Jennifer pointed out earlier, uh, you know, in the end, we're making a choice between different characters, different people. And I, I think actually that's really what's going to motivate people more than certainly any individual foreign policy issue, especially because, by the way, uh, presidents of all parties uh, tend to say one thing on the campaign trail and something very different once they get into office and begin to actually have to not only manage their inbox but navigate uh, a world. And we've seen that with Barack Obama, certainly, in, in some of the things that he talked about doing the campaign trail. But, of course, we saw it with George W. Bush. It's just almost a fact of, of American political life that that uh, presidential candidates don't provide a very good record or guide to their behavior while in office on foreign policy based on what they say now. So you could argue that, that some of this is, is actually irrelevant. If you're an anti-war Democrat, you wanted Guantanamo closed, you wanted us out of Iraq, you wanted us out of Afghanistan, uh, are you going to vote to reelect Barack Obama or are you going to take a look at Rick Perry or uh, 
or Governor Romney? Well, I think some of this is a little bit overinflated. They may not like that Guantanamo is still open, but these are also the same voters who passionately believe in national uh, health care. These are the same voters who passionately believe that global warming is a great threat. So these individuals may not be thrilled on this one issue, but they are not conservatives. They are not, by and large, uh, even moderates in many cases. These are traditional Democrats. And just as Republicans will perhaps have to swallow if they, for example, select Rick Perry and say, well, I don't agree with him on immigration, but here's all the things I do. Voters on the Democratic side of the aisle do too. And simply because he didn't uh, obtain the closure of Guantanamo or simply because we are uh, leaving a puny force in Iraq, um, which makes very little sense, doesn't mean that these people are going to be chased off. They like him for other reasons. And uh, many of these people wouldn't uh, vote for a Republican if, you know, uh, one uh, appeared that, uh, frankly, had all of the outside indications on policy issues that they thought appropriate. They just have a visceral attachment to uh, the Democratic Party. The same is true on the Republican side. Uh, We've become a very polarized uh, country. It's the moderates that are in play, and that's why politicians fight so ferociously over them. Jennifer Rubin, Susan Glasser, and Carol Doherty will be back with us later in the program.